Fox inside low left, Eric Williams. Dr. Welcome into Home Court Press. This is your host, Brian Priest. Find me on Twitter at bpriest24. Home Court Press is a podcast talking about the Utah Jazz and focusing on their ups and downs of the NBA season. Lately, it been a lot of downs. Jazz have really struggled. Looking over the last two and a half weeks, they had a high water mark of 11-5. and five. It looked like they were playing decent basketball. There were a few things you wanted to fix, but overall, not too bad. Now they've lost six of their last eight games. I don't even know where to get started. It's incredibly frustrating to watch. They went out on a five-game East Coast road trip where they just got dismantled by four of the top six teams in the East. They squeaked out a win against Memphis. But other than that, they lost to the Indiana Pacers by 19. They fell to the Toronto Raptors by 20. They lost to the Sixers by nine, but if you watch the game, it was so much worse than a nine-point loss. They were down by 20 or more for much of that game. And then if if we were thinking, okay, well, not a big deal. It was a tough road trip. The Jazz will come home and be able to put up some better showings, have a couple days off, get some rest. Then they lost to the Lakers at Vivint Smart Home Arena by 25 points, and I mean, losing by 25 sucks. Losing to the Lakers by 25 is one of the worst things that can happen to a Jazz fan. It it was miserable to watch. They never had a chance in that game. And then, okay, maybe, maybe it's just been a string of tough opponents and the Jazz haven't been able to develop any chemistry. So... Thinking going into last night, facing a 10 and 12 Oklahoma City Thunder team, and they get run off the floor by the Thunder. They lose by 14, and they didn't have a chance for much of that second half. There were only two wins in that stretch I mentioned come against a bad Memphis team, and one of those games, the Grizzlies were missing Ja Morant. So if we go back a little bit farther before that East Coast trip, they had two wins at home against Golden State and New Orleans, but the the Jazz didn't even look that good in those games. They were up big against both teams. They allowed Golden State to come back, and the Jazz hold on and win by four. And this is a terrible, terrible Golden State team. A, a Warriors team that's so bad, the NBA is taking away nationally televised games. Anybody remember the last time that happened? I sure don't. And then the New Orleans win... They, again, were up big, up 20-plus, and allow New Orleans to come storming back. Yeah, the Pelicans did shoot the ball incredibly well in the second half. It wasn't all the fault of the Jazz, but fact is, this offense just can't score with starters off the floor. They just can't get anything out of their bench unit, and it's 
game after game after game after game. So I've seen a lot of people calling for trades. I've seen a lot of people saying, we got to shake things up. We have to do this. Trying to blame things on head coach Quinn Snyder, which, okay, fans, calm, calm down. That's a fool's errand. Quinn Snyder, no matter the Jazz struggles this year, Quinn Snyder is a top five coach in the NBA. But something's got to change. I mean, they're not completely wrong. Something has to happen or this team could be in danger of missing the playoffs as we look at the Western Conference. So I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I'm going to take a little bit closer look at some of the issues that I think the Jazz have. I don't know if I have any answers, but I'm more than happy to point out what I think is going wrong and where some change needs to be made. Welcome back to Home Court Press. This is your host, Brian Priest. Thanks for sticking through the break. So what is the problem with the Utah Jazz? I mean, to uh, say the least, there's a lot of problems. There are a whole lot of issues, offensively, defensively. They're just not playing together. So I I was watching the Thunder game on Monday night, put together the three C's of what the Jazz are having issues with. So I've got continuity, cohesion, and consistency. So continuity. They they just have – they've shown no ability – to play good basketball when they move from the starters to the bench. The bench bench has just been bad. I I was really hoping that there would be some decent depth on the bench. I was excited about Ed Davis coming in, not offensively, but what he could do on the defensive end of the floor. I was really hoping Emmanuel Moutier could come in and be a uh, worthwhile backup point guard, kind of a linchpin and hold things down for... 15 to 20 minutes a game, give Mike Conley some rest when necessary. I never had a whole lot of faith in Jeff Green, just based on Jeff Green's career. He's not someone that you want to pin any of your hopes on if you're if you're looking to be a playoff team or a finals contender. But he has good nights like he did against Memphis the other night when he went 5 of 6 from the three-point line and played great. But, I mean, they... They don't have any depth. They've they've got nothing there. Quinn Snyder, night in and night out, is trying to throw mismatched lineups on the floor, just trying to find something to get productivity. Dante Exum has been bad since he returned from injury, and I'm not necessarily throwing a bunch of shade at Dante Exum there. He just hasn't played good basketball. He He missed nine months of action. He has never been able to be on the floor consistently. So he just hasn't been able to develop any of his basketball tools. He, After last night's game, he's got 10 turnovers and only 6 assists since his return. He, he can't produce anything on the offensive end. He's been a liability on the defensive end. Teams are attacking him. It's just frustrating all the way around. And then we look at... Snyder has tried to put Donovan Mitchell on the floor with that bench unit to boost the offense a little bit, and I don't think Donovan has any nefarious intentions here. I don't think he's just trying to take over and, oh, you guys all suck, so I'm going to take every shot. That's not the case, but he's he's trying to come in and, and really develop some offense for the team and, and help. But in the end, he's just taking a lot of bad shots. We went back to after the Memphis game when the Jazz took their their fewest number of mid-range shots on the season. 
Saw a lot of Donovan Mitchell floaters, a lot of bad looks, a lot of turnovers. And it's it just looks like guys guys are frustrated, guys know that they're struggling, and they're trying to force things and it's not working. So that's that's continuity from from the starters to the bench. Now cohesion. This is something where the past two or three years, this Jazz team has looked like they're on the same page, night in and night out. Whether they're playing well or not, whether they're hitting shots or not, they're on the same page. They're playing together. They're playing for each other. They're not playing for themselves, and they're playing for Quinn Snyder. I haven't seen that this season. I haven't seen it at all. They're not playing for each other. They're playing, I don't want to say they're playing for their stats, but they're playing for themselves. Uh, I've seen a lot of, you know, your turn, my turn, one possession, Donovan will come down and you can just tell he's going to shoot. The next possession, Bojan Bogdanovic is going to get a touch. He hasn't touched the ball in four or five possessions, so he's going to shoot. Joe Ingles is doing his best with Mike Conley out the last three games. He's, He's really trying to create and help out on the offensive end, but... You, you just see he doesn't have that connectivity with some, some of the guys offensively. He had a few turnovers in the first half trying to get the ball into Rudy Gobert. And Rudy Gobert is another thing. Like he's, Rudy is obviously frustrated. There, there were actually, it's the first time I've ever seen this as long as Rudy's been playing for the Jazz. There were a couple possessions late in the fourth quarter last night where on the offensive end, they didn't get what they wanted. Uh, there was a turnover or a missed shot, and Rudy didn't hustle back. Rudy just didn't get back on defense, and that tells me more than anything that this team's just not playing together. These team, these guys are, I don't know if they, they don't like playing with each other. I don't know if they're upset with each other. I don't know what the issue is, but you see arguing, they're pointing fingers on the floor, they're questioning each other on the defensive end. I mean, how many back cuts for open layups have Jazz fans seen over the last eight games? It's been a constant issue, players getting free on the defensive end and getting open looks. Dennis Schroeder shredded the Schroeder shredder took apart this Jazz defense last night from the mid-range, got hot, started hitting some threes. And, I mean, there were a couple times where the one play in particular, Donovan got screened by Steven Adams, and it looked like he kind of took a shot to the midsection and pulled up. Schroeder got an open 16-footer from the baseline. Nobody even moved towards Schroeder. Nobody made an attempt to defend Dennis Schroeder after Donovan Mitchell got picked off on that play. And it's this is something I've never seen from this Jazz team. And then consistency. They, they've struggled to be consistent. We talked about transitioning from the starters to the bench. And they just can't keep anything going. The, the bench has been awful. The second quarters and late third quarters have been terrible. I mean, you, you can even include late first quarter. Once we start getting into those bench units, the offense just falls off a cliff. They, they're not putting the ball in the hole. They're not getting to the basket. They're not getting good shots. They're taking fall away 14-footers. Emmanuel Moutier is trying to force things at the basket or short jumpers. Jeff Green is shooting contested threes all over the floor. I, Ed Davis isn't an offensive threat in the least. He's 
I it feels like Ed Davis is having his worst offensive season of his career. Not that he was good before, but he's terrible now. And I just don't know what to say or do about this team. I mean, look at turnovers. The Jazz on the season are the third worst turnover team in the league with 16 and a half turnovers per game. And there's been times in the past where I would look at it and say, the Jazz throw a lot more passes than most teams. And so, yeah, you're going to have more turnovers, things like that, based on what the Jazz system does. But they're not doing that anymore. They're not throwing those passes. They're throwing nearly 30 fewer passes a game than they were over the last two seasons. And they're turning the ball over more. And in addition to turning the ball over more, they're getting live ball turnovers. In in the past, it was a, a ball gets thrown out of bounds. You might end up with some shot clock violations because of the Jazz struggles on the offensive end in the last couple seasons. But now they're... They're live ball turnovers that are leading to transition opportunities. The Jazz are getting beat in transition. They're just, they're struggling all over the floor, and it's really frustrating to watch. Welcome back from the break. So now the question is, what can the Jazz do to improve this roster and put a championship contender on the floor for the rest of the season? First, they've got to wait until December 15th when anybody who signed a free agent deal this past offseason is able to be traded. And then the second thing to, to keep in mind is to make a trade, the the Jazz have to match salaries at least 80% of what they're bringing in. You know, if they wanted to bring in Kevin Love at $32 million, they have to match 80% of that $32 million. So 80% of that is they have to send out 24 to $26 million worth of contracts. And as we look at this Jazz roster, they just don't have a whole lot of options. I've heard some fans talking about trade Mike Conley. That's that's dumb. Like you You traded Mike Conley because you wanted to bring in some veteran leadership. I still think Mike Conley is going to be fine. And the way he's played this year, nobody's going to take on $32 million from Mike Conley. Rudy Gobert, Bojan Bogdanovic, obviously both of those guys are untouchable. Donovan Mitchell, untouchable. So the first player we can look at that might possibly be able to be moved is Joe Ingles. He's making just under $12 million this season, but I really don't think the Jazz want to move him. He's too important to what they do as a team. Dante Exum, $9.6 million. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent-sized contract. It's a number you'd like to be able to move, but he's got one season left on that deal, and the fact is somebody's going to have to look at Dante Exum as a valuable piece and something that they might be able to build around. And in Exum's five seasons, he's given nobody a reason to think that he is that type of player. So who would take on over $9.5 million for Dante Exum when really he's a back-end-of-the-bench guy? That's just what he's proven to be. Ed Davis at a little under $5 million, another movable contract, but it's going to be tough to move him because then where's your center depth? Do you want to play Tony Bradley 20 minutes a night? I don't think we want to play Tony Bradley 20 minutes a night. There are matchups in this league where he can be successful, but depending on him night in and night out, I feel like your bench is going to be even worse with Ed Davis in spite of Davis's offensive struggles. Jeff Green and Emmanuel Moutier, both of those guys are on veteran minimum deals. Green only making $2.5 million and Moutier making $1.7. So those are salaries that are just 
It's going to be tough to put together enough to bring in a player of consequence. George Niang isn't movable. I mean, he is movable, $1.5 million, but honestly, he might be one of the most productive bench players we have on the roster. Royce O'Neal is someone that the Jazz really love. They want to not necessarily build around him, but he's a he's a piece they want to keep around, and they've had extending Royce O'Neal. And then they've got four players on rookie contracts, Nigel Williams, Goss, Mia Oni, Stanton Kidd, and William Howard. They're just not a ton of options for what they they can move on this this roster to bring in some talent and improve the bench. Uh, there's a couple guys on the free agency market available right now. I, I've seen a lot of people talking about Jamal Crawford, and yeah, the the guy can score the basketball, but I, I have a hard time seeing him fitting in defensively in a Quinn Snyder coached team. Uh, someone that I really like, not really like, but I think could be productive with the Jazz if they were able to move on from Ed Davis and use his salary to bring in some more scoring, would be a Joakim Noah. Noah played 15 minutes a year, 15 minutes a game for Memphis last season, and actually played decent basketball. He's a guy who's going to play hard. He's going to rebound the ball. He's going to block a few shots, and he's not going to demand touches. So that's helpful. That's something they need coming off of the bench. And then Kenneth Fareed, he's a guy that's not going to be available until January or February when the uh, China Chinese Basketball League season ends. But he's someone that could bring in hustle again, isn't going to demand touches and gives the Jazz a little bit more size. But really what they need more than anything is they need guys who are going to move the ball. They need guys who are, are going to... If this was Gene Hackman and Hoosiers, we, you want to pop the ball, pop the ball, pass it around. Five passes before a shot. Uh, they, they've got to have ball movers. They've got too many ball stoppers right now. Mike Conley passes the ball pretty well. Joe Ingles passes the ball well. Bojan Bogdanovic has not shown to be a very good passer this season. Donovan Mitchell can pass the ball well, but I feel like he's really forcing things. Jeff Green, not a passer. Emmanuel Moutier, not a passer. Royce O'Neal, just not a really strong offensive player. He can shoot the ball, but he doesn't seem, he seems hesitant to shoot the ball. And he's not a passer. Dante Exum, not a passer. So they, they need somebody who can move the ball, somebody who can create offense, especially in the second unit. What that is, I don't know what they're going to be able to do. I really don't know, but that's just my assessment of what I think they they should do, what they need to do, and small sample size of who is available and what they can go get. So that's going to wrap us up on Home Court Press today, but tune in later this week. I should be releasing another episode heading into the weekend. So have a great day.